The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier eSport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite eSports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am a free agent head coach and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to the Week Five NALCS Guess the Lines podcast, presented by Slingshot Esports. It has been an interesting week of North American action. The standings have sorted themselves out in a perfect mirror. Teams who are supposed to win games have been winning games. Teams that are supposed to lose are finding ways to lose. Everything seems to have balanced itself out. And now I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Walter Ciedi Svedchuk, to break the rest of it down. Walter, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing better than our wallets are after that uh, kind of disappointing weekend for gamblers. But the games looked pretty good from when I went back and was able to skim through most of them. And uh, besides one little blip, I would (laughs) say that... I'd say that I'm very happy with how North America Week 4 went, Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. (laughs) I don't know, man. I didn't find OQ's Twitch to be that big of a deal this week. But I think there might be other things that would be disturbing as a TSM fan. But we'll get to those later. I will say the, the gambling did hurt. The problem with our smart money bet system is that we almost always try to bet for upsets because upsets are where you get value. But this week... There were no upsets. Every team that was favored to win won. So no matter what smart money bets we'd thrown out there, we were going to go 0-3 this week, which unfortunately took our $422 of profit we had going in and has dropped us down to a mere 122. But you know what? That's okay. If North America is going to be this predictable, we just got to start coming up with multi-bets. We got to get creative. We can do that. We have the technology. Literally, it's on Unicorn. You just click the buttons next to the names, and it does the multi-slips for you very easily. It's one of the reasons we love their site so much. So we're going to adapt, but we're going to start this podcast with Cloud9 versus Team Liquid. Walter, Cloud9 had their series against Envious, the battle for third, and they took care of business. How are you feeling about Cloud9 at this point in the season? Well, Cloud9 is going back to their strengths of when Meteos was their jungler way back in Season 3 and Season 4, and that was playing through the top lane, having a lot of ganks go into the top lane, get your top laner an advantage, and then allow Meteos to move into this sort of power farming role and getting vision and moving into more of a secondary uh, supportive type role. And that's what they were doing, especially the series against Team Envious. They spent a lot of time trying to get impact ahead of Seraph and really trying to pressure uh, envious across the board and they were able to accomplish this because Seraph could not duel impact one-on-one uh, the other key point in this game was that and I think the key point for the week for envious was that Proxen really underperformed and when we talk about envious I'll get more into that point but yeah cloud nine they they took care of business against one of the the younger upstart teams that were really making a show of things and, uh, and and were able to solidify them that third place. And I think they are the third best team in North America. And that sets them up with a very interesting uh, matchup later in this week against Immortals. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love your point about being able to play through the old Meteo style because he really has returned to form. He's got the highest KDA in North America right now. He's tied for first in assists with Rainover. But the key is that he's not dying. He's making plays, he's helping his team out, but he's doing so with very designed dives. He always prepares before he goes in to make a very specific play with a clear goal in mind. And that's one of those things that sounds obvious until you think about how many teams 
look like they're chaotic when it comes to some of these ganks. The teams that are below them going back and forth on some of their early game play, Cloud9 has been incredibly consistent in all of the early games in which they've played. And his 62% first blood percentage is behind only Sven Skarin as the highest in the league. He just is there when the team needs him doing his thing and making sure that he's getting the resources he needs to be relevant as the mid to late game rolls around. And as far as how that translates to the top lane, I think that this has been a very nice comeback split for impact. We had a lot of questions about impact after last split on NRG, but it turns out when you're on a team with actual good players and Jensen's dominating in his own way, uh, bunny Fufu and smoothie have each been, having solid moments throughout the split, it really does help your top lane start looking like his former self. On the other hand, we have Team Liquid, a team that is finally committing to Fabi as the full-time AD carry. That came across late in the week last week. They have said that Piglet is more comfortable playing on the Challenger team. He is burnt out. He doesn't want to do the LCS right now, so they're going to give it to Fabi. Walter, when you hear that, what's running through your mind? Because I'm just hearing like warning sirens going off in my head. I don't know why you're hearing warning sirens. I think it's actually an intelligent move from Team Liquid if there is this much of a issue that's taking place between in the in the comments that I read between Dardock, Piglet, Phoenix, and Loco. Four very large personalities, four people that have very strong opinions about how the game should be played. And Piglet, who is someone Liquid has had problems with in the past when he first joined, we don't forget, they replaced him for a few weeks with Keys because he was underperforming and he wasn't getting along with, with Joka Steve. And I still don't believe that you know stupid press statement. They were like, no, they're great friends. I don't buy it. It's, it mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I don't think Liquid has ever truly embraced Piglet, and I don't think Piglet has ever truly embraced Team Liquid. And now they're just kind of at the end of this relationship, and I would not be surprised if Piglet is not a part of Team Liquid when we come to the spring next split, either as he's going to retire or he's going to move to some sort of other team. Uh, It would not shock me. It would not surprise me in the slightest. What this does is it puts him on a roster with the Team Liquid Academy guys, a lot of younger players, guys who really got into sort of their careers following that SKT dominance run when Piglet won the world championship. Guys like Golden Glue, guys like Solo, and they they do. They probably sort of respect him uh, in that regard. They're also younger players and are more willing to sort of acquiesce to this very talented veteran. And they've also worked with veterans in the past. Golden Glue especially working with Scaro when he was a member of Team Dignitas for a little while. So all those things make a lot of sense for Piglet. It also makes a whole lot of sense for Team Liquid because most of the AD carry position is sort of being more utility. We're seeing a lot more Ashes. We're seeing Lucians, but they're using their alts more for Armor Shred and for Wave Clear. We're seeing Sivers. We're seeing Jin. And again, it's not Jin trying to hard carry. It's Jin using the ultimate. It's using the traps. It's using the deadly flourish to root people in place, yada, yada, yada. By going from Piglet, who has always been a hard carry guy, give him Vayne, give him Caitlyn, let him carry the game to now more utility style. You can bring Fabian, who has really you know, worked his butt off to get onto the professional stage, going from the gatekeeper trolling people, preventing them from getting into Challenger, to now playing on the LCS stage with some of the best players in North America. You can tell that he is a lot more willing to do these sorts of things you're asking of him, and it opens up more resources for Phoenix and for Dardock to really hard carry this team because it shifted away from bot lane. Right at the beginning of the season, it was a lot of bot lane carries with Caitlyn, with Lucian, with all those types of really heavy crit builds, and now it's shifting, and we're seeing a lot of Jax. We're seeing a lot of Aurelia. We're seeing the Vlads in the mid lane, the Swains, and those type of champions need a lot of resources. So it opens up your mid, your jungle, and your top lane to be your primary carries now. I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think there's any alarm bells. Here's my counter-argument. I understand everything you said for the record is absolutely fair. This is a problem that they've had in the past, and it's something where when personalities aren't meshing, you have to make the best out of these scenarios. And this is likely, you know, if they felt the need to make this move, it's because it is the right move for the team. Liquid tends to act 
very intelligently when it comes to protecting their interests. However, how are we this far into the Piglet saga and Liquid hasn't figured out how to make him feel like a part of this team and incorporated properly without having these kinds of issues come up? How is their relationship with Loco and Dardock and Piglet so disjointed that we've now seen Dardock suspended for a week saying that he did not respect Loco Doco as a coach and now Piglet stepping down because he doesn't want to play with the main roster. These are not positive things. They are making the best out of a negative situation and for that they deserve credit. But that's a problem in and of itself. That's an organizational issue that they've got to ask themselves. How are we still having these personality problems? How are we Every year, these rumors are coming up. You know, before the spring split, it was Phoenix was being, you know, having problems in scrims. There were, there were problems when coaches were talking to players on Liquid's web series that were very clear that there were some huge issues in how they were handling things. Then they had to switch coaches to Loco Doco at the last second. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in that org. And at the end of the day, if you're saying, what is the best thing for this team? Well, it depends on what your goal is because the Immortals Liquid series to me showed what happened when you don't have a player who is capable of hard carrying a game. They were destroyed. They were overpowered from start to finish because across the board, Immortals played better. They were a better team at every single position. And the only way in which that could have been different in the past was with Piglet as a hard carry, 80 carry option. And now they don't have that. And when it comes to however the meta changes, wherever things go from here, I think Piglet's one of those guys you can't replace. I I have very genuine concerns about how this is going to match up for them moving forward. But as far as this matchup goes, Walter, where do you see the line? I have the line at cloud nine minus 185. Okay, you went too low. I went too low. I said minus 220. It is cloud nine minus 333, which I think is a little high. That's awful. It's awful. Awful, awful, awful. I mean, I guess your argument is who is the hard carry on this team now? Who, who wins the game for them? Meteos has been playing great, so it's probably not going to be Dardock. Impact's better than Lorlo. I take Jensen over Phoenix. In what way is Liquid a better team? I trust in the synergy between Lorlo and Dardock more than I trust in the synergy between Impact and Meteos, despite what happened uh, this past week. This is the first time we've really seen Meteos focus on the top lane, and until I see him do it again and really shift back to that early balls Meteos-style synergy, I maybe Impact is a better player on paper 1v1 than, than Lorlo, but I have a feeling Loco Doco is really going to try and make that a pressure point and make it more about Meteos versus Dardock in those types of duels, and I'll take Dardock over Meteos anytime, anyplace. That's fair. Uh, I just think that's incredibly high. Yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from. It's a very, it's a high line, absolutely. I'm just trying to uncover the logic in it. That's the best argument I can have. Uh, here's a series that I think will probably be easier to break down. We've got Echo Fox versus Envious. Walter, Envious dropped their series to Cloud9. You had more doubts about them heading into last week than I did. Do you feel justified in those doubts now? Or did they do enough where you still consider them to be a, a decent to good team? I don't feel justified. They're still the fourth best team in North America, which is a pretty big deal currently when you consider where these players were, you know, six, seven weeks ago, even at the end of the spring split. Um, but looking at what happened, this was really both of their series, their three-man squad, their, their three-man top lane, mid, and jungle got beat in every single one of the games that they lost. They just got beat. Across the board, Cloud9, their core three beat them. TSM's core three crushed them. I mean, Haunters just had a field day. A field day with Seraph for most of it. And, and the same thing with Proxen versus Sven Skarin or even Meteos. He just was very low impact. And I'm going to take a quote from Ten, not a quote, but a thought from Ten Seven Husen. I, I agree. I don't understand why Proxen keeps going back to this Graves. He seems to be the only guy. In, in North America and maybe even the world that wants to keep playing this Graves. I just, it's very weird. It's very weird that you're seeing this like one pick 
primarily stay on him, and he keeps going to it. And, and the stats are he's 3-3 three and three on the champion. He's played six games of it. It's his most played champion, and he's 3-3 three and three on it. So it, it doesn't make a lot of sense of why you would continue to play this champion. And the other thing that I'm not understanding, Hakuo, why do we keep going to this bra? I, I know you're pretty good at it. I get it. You're, you're pretty good at it. You've only lost – you lost the last three games with it, but you're a good player. You're good at melee supports. That was kind of really where you succeeded during the spring split. But you really can't play melee supports into these range supports, these sustained supports that everyone is really playing. You really can't do it. You had a really good karma towards the middle of the split. You have shown that you can play some of these more range-style champions. I'm just wondering why you aren't. Because it just makes their compositions feel very weird. And maybe it's because they're making their solo laner. It's because Seraph is going less tank and more... Um, more damage, more carry focus, and it's because Proxen is playing so much of this, like, Graves, that they feel the need to have this other tank. But I feel like Envious needs to change their, their champion strategy just a little bit. Get tankier in your jungle and your top lane position, just champions or item builds or whatever, and, and maybe shift onto more of a range support and really let Laud, who is playing exceptionally well this split and Hakuo do some bullying against their lanes. That's where they were successful against CLG. That's where they've been successful against team liquid against energy, against all these other teams they've played. Like let them get back to more bullying their lane. Yeah. I mean, here's the problem for both of those players is that their champion pools are limited right now. Rek'Sai is the most valued jungler arguably in this meta. He's 0 and three on the champion. That's not a good sign. He was okay on it last split, but he has been terrible on it this split. His Elise has been good this season, but was 0-5 last split. And obviously that impulse team was not particularly good, but he was not particularly solid on the champ. So what are you left with? Well, you can do some Nidalee, which has its own pros and cons. It still has the same not-a-tank problem that forces you into trying to build a tank elsewhere. He had some good games on Kindred and Olaf. That's where I personally would look. But he is limited in that regard. And when it comes to Hakuo, it's the same thing. Hakuo is 6-2 and two on Karma. He does great on Karma. But his Zyra, his Nami, both were poor this split. And it's one of those things where they clearly have not adjusted to where the meta is. And it doesn't matter how good Ninja and Lod are playing right now if they can't figure it out. And I will say, the thing about this week that really stood out to me was how perfectly Cloud9 managed to attack Envious. Now, TSM just overpowered them, just far better team. TSM's the best team in North America. It just happens. But I thought Cloud9 was so smart to really throw everything they had at Seraph because Seraph is the shot caller. Seraph is the guy who needs to be making these decisions. And when you're taking an inhibitor in his lane at the 15th minute because you're putting so many resources towards keeping him distracted, it just froze Envious's early game. And that was the one thing that Cloud9 needed to do to ensure that they were going to win this series. And it was a, such a smart move by them. And it's one of those things where if I'm envious, I have to believe that every team we play moving forward is going to try something similar. So they've got to figure it out. Luckily, Echo Fox, if ever there was a need for a bounce back game, Echo Fox is that team. Walter, where do you see the line? I have envious at minus 300. Okay. Uh, you and I split this one because I also said envious minus 300. It is envious minus 263. It's Echo Fox at plus 195. I feel like that's a little low, but also within reason. I'm not, I'm not upset by that kind of line. It just seems like Envious is not being given the same credit we would give, say, Cloud9 in this matchup, given how poor Echo Fox is. But Yeah, I, I guess they're giving a lot of credit to... Echo Fox for the win over TSM, and they're really punishing Envious for going 0-4 against two of the top three teams in North America. I that that seems it, it seems like a decent spot, but it should be a little higher. I don't yeah, know. It's, it, yeah, 
It, it's a weird one, but we'll move forward. NRG versus CLG. This is a team, a battle between the seventh and eighth place teams, which is something I don't think anyone would have predicted heading in. Walter, CLG took a map off of Immortals. Immortals does not draw many maps, and CLG was able to find a way, even though they weren't able to pull out an overall victory. Are we starting to get there with this team? Is it starting to come together nope. for you? No, 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 no. Nope, 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 nope. Because they just wasted one of their, like, four good Hui games for the entire year. <laughs> like, that's what that game was. That was, they just camped the mid lane. Hui went off on a, a more supportive style. Stixay had a very good game because they played this, okay, Darshan, you go split push, and we're going to play this four-man squad, and we're really going to hit all of our crowd control, and we're going to play very well in terms of mechanically. But no, the, the, the other two games just showed that you get Hui... If Hui plays one good game, you're probably going to lose a series. Like, he needs to be mediocre. You don't want a good game out of Hui. You want mediocre games out of Hui and let everyone else carry. But because you got a good game, then you got two just absolutely horrendous games out of him. No, they haven't turned it because... uh, Turning the corner for CLG is going an entire series of realizing that Hui can't carry, stop putting him on frickin' Azir, and don't give up frickin' Vlad to your opponent. Like, come on. No, absolutely not a chance have they turned the corner. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. They have not yet beaten a team in a series that was particularly any good. Beating Phoenix 1 does not change my opinion of them. I guess you could point to their victory over Liquid, though that was a Liquid team that was still trying to sort things out. So I don't know how much credit we want to give that. It feels like one of those things where it should come together. Uh, there should be a way for this team to be good. We just saw them go 7-3 and three on MSI, and it's not like the team has changed since then that dramatically. The idea that who he is, and I'm going to quote a text that you sent me, Walter, a couple days ago, that who he is, quote, hot garbage, is something that is not news. He was bad last split. This is something where we already saw that he was a weaker player with significant issues in these regards. The problem is that the rest of the team isn't making up for it. Darshan as a carry is just so predictable at this point. The kinds of champions that he's being forced to play, it's very easy to see those strategies coming. And Stixay, while he's not playing poorly, and I would never say he's playing poorly, he's not playing to the level that they need him to be if they're going to be this massive success. And Smithy took a step back as well, which, to be honest, is not particularly surprising given just how much he overperformed one could say compared to previous splits there's you know it's it's just one of those things where now we have to wonder which version of of clg are we going to get for the long haul and more and more it looks like it's not going to be the one that won north america i can i can just see the clg fans now but walter who he played very very well in this the phoenix one series and they swept phoenix one yes and phoenix one is at the bottom of the table for a reason and he beat Pyrian. don't come at me I will say Don't come at you, me with that. You you did text me and you said, Are we sure that who he is that much worse than Pyrian and Slushy? <laughs> to which I said, yes. yes, of course, yes. Are you serious? And you're like, Yeah, okay, fair. Yeah. That's that's it. Congratulations, Huhi. You're the ninth best mid laner, not including some challenger mid laners that I might take over you. I would we take high over would we take high over Huey right now? I mean, no. No. Not now. Oh no. I'd take high over him. I, that, I think I'd take every Challenger Series mid laner over over Huey right now. I'd take a Blaze Olive. Blaze Olive is really good if you haven't watched Challenger Scene. I haven't watched a lot of Challenger Scene. Well, I will admit this ahead of time. Take take my word for it. Nova Nova, their mid laner, Blaze Olive, pretty good young Challenger tier prospect. He would be a, a massive upgrade over Huey. There you go. Massive upgrade. I'm just telling you, CLG. Right here, scouting mine, Billy Bean. Do it. <laughs> hey, it's in play, man. I'd uh, I'd love to see it. But unfortunately, I think we're going to be stuck where we are right now. But luckily, they're playing NRG, another team that has been struggling significantly. We'll get to NRG in more detail later. But Walter, where do you think the line is on this series? 
I have CLG at minus 200. Okay, I get this one. You went too low. I said CLG minus 250. It is CLG minus 263. Because as poor as they've been, they're better than NRG. Are we sure about that? I mean, that's going to be one of our smart money bets, if that's what you're asking me. I'm not 100% sure of that. Of, of all the upsets we've talked about so far, I think that's entirely in play. Santorin's been playing quite well. I've run out of nice things to say about NRG, but Santorin's been playing quite well. GVM's better than Huhi. I mean, you've got that going for you. But OQ, I just, OQ's a good 80 carry. Is he though? Even OQ was, <laughs> even OQ in an interview said, sorry, I haven't been playing well. Like when a player feels a need to apologize for their level of play, I consider that a concern. That's something I take into account when I'm trying to evaluate how good he is. Cause he would know. And he didn't evaluate himself all that highly. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting one. We might come back to that. But moving on, Phoenix 1 versus TSM. Walter, we don't even really need to break down this series. One of these teams is the best team in North America. One of these teams is, quote, so used to losing that it's not a problem anymore, according to their own head coach, which is now officially my favorite quote that Charlie has ever said about anything. I literally can't believe that this was uttered in an official interview, but here we are. <laughs> How high does this line go, Walter? Well, before we get to that, what did you think of Inori? Because I don't want to talk about Phoenix One in the Apex series. So what did you think of Inori? Mildly better than Sentinel. I not not impressed. I I don't I did not find anything that he did to be overwhelmingly impressive or interesting. I, I think that it's tough to say because his top laner is so terrible and his mid laner is so terrible. And the whole point of a jungler is to get those lanes going. He had a couple nice ganks. They got some first bloods that they don't usually get. They had a, a really nice counter gank in one of their games against NRG that was quite nice. Uh, and that's something where maybe Inori had a play in that. But, I mean, honestly, I didn't think Sentinel was playing particularly poorly compared to the rest of his team. I just thought... You know, the team is terrible. After this, I say, okay, Inori is a slight upgrade, but what jungler would you take Inori over other than hard? He's better than hard. That's it. I don't think I'd take any... I'm not sure I'd say that. I'd say they're probably on equal tiers right now. You need to relook over hard's builds last week. Hard is playing some of the most brain-dead League of Legends in the league. Oof. I literally cannot believe what he has been doing. I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry you had to hear that. That's awful. I, I, I don't know. I need to see more from Inori. I think he's a little too caustic. I feel like he's way, way too far on the like hard carry level of the, the spectrum, which he's like a Rengar one trick. Like I totally But who's get that. going to carry on Phoenix one if he doesn't? Well, like if you're Inori, what do you do? You're going to trust Zig? Yeah, but Zig's going to come I'm speaking through. in generalizations, okay? I'm speaking in generalizations. Let me put it this way. Even Dardoch can play Gragas. Let me put it that way. That's Even he can play Gragas. So I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm wondering if we're, we're going to just see straight, like, hard carry Inori. And if you're going to do that, you might as well just play the Rengar. Like, screw it. Go full Monty. You play the what? Rengar, dude. Have – you know, let, let's have Riot, Riot fix the Rengar books first. Like, Riot, in the next patch, they finally said, hey, you know those eight Cinder bugs you guys have been complaining for for six months? Let's deal with those. How about the 30 different Rengar bugs that are currently listed on our Rengar mains? Any of those? Just a few of them, please? Hashtag solo queue. What? Look, I, I, I say this as someone who coached uh, Silphy, the, the very famous German streamer who loves to play Rengar and made a name for himself on the champ. So he has lamented this to me a thousand times. He's, you know, this is a guy who played tank Rengar in certain points <laughs> of the top lane meta last split. Like, the guy will do anything to make it work. And even he says it's useless until they fix it. So, Riot, fix it. Just fix it. You're doing your big assassin update. I understand. Don't wait. Make him playable. Then you can do your big assassin changes and everything will be fine. But that, that's a tangent for another day. That is a tangent. Phoenix 1 versus TSM. Where's the line, Walter? TSM minus 4,000. Okay, you get this one. Yay! Of course, I said line. I mean, I said minus two thousand because that was where it was against Echo Fox and Echo wait, Fox. Wait, 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 wait. 
But TSM is like astronomically better than Echo Fox. Right. I agree. That's why I said minus, like that it was minus 2000 last week. I thought that was fair. I don't see any need to go higher than minus 2000 because I don't think the gap between Echo Fox and Phoenix one is all that big. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I mean, I mean, literally Echo Fox has only won one more game than Phoenix one has. That's, that's the only difference. Was it against Phoenix one? Uh, (laughs) yes. Echo Fox two owed Phoenix one. That is the only reason if it wasn't for that series, if they hadn't played yet, Echo Fox would be two and 14 and Phoenix one would be three and 14. So what you're saying is if we were in Europe, they would be tied. Oh God. I don't even, (laughs) man. We we posted the the podcast for for Europe and I've been looking at some of the Reddit comments. People are like, no, best of twos aren't bad. Best of ones are bad. It's like, of course, best of ones are bad. That doesn't make best of twos good. You know what's best? Makes them better. Sevens. There's a reason why the NBA uses them. Oh, okay. Well, if we had best of sevens for every series in the regular season, um, good luck. <laughs> good. good. Good luck getting fans to watch. Good luck getting me to watch. And I love League of Legends. But anyway, the line for is TSM minus 3,333. So you are closer to the pin. I I mean, is there's no circumstance in which I would take Phoenix 1. It's a plus 950. I'm not even going to look at it. It's it, it just, this game doesn't matter. Immortals versus Apex. This is what I find interesting. Because Apex... Do we have a handle on Apex? Are they good? Are they bad? What what is Apex right they're, now? Because they're, they're the bad good team. They're the splice of North America. You mean good bad they're team? They're the good bad team. They're the good bad team of North America, and Team Liquid are the bad good team. I think that's where we're settled at right now. Does that make sense? I, I think they're both good bad teams. I don't. I, I mean, what's bad? I mean, they're four and four on the split. They haven't beaten anyone impressive. Other than Apex. Apex is their best win. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see now that they've nailed down their, their, their AD carry situation. I Apex, I think, are interesting as a team because the meta has shifted so perfectly into their favor that like Ray is just absolutely the perfect style of top laner to have right now outside of his contemporary on Immortals that goes by Hooney. So... I mean, there is that. Um, they just the problem is they're just a worse version of Immortals, in my opinion. Mm. They're just like they, they literally are the exact same team as Immortals, just at every other position or worse. Well, so. the biggest difference is Immortals has a potential all-star level jungler in Rainover. And as I mentioned on the podcast last week, Shrimp is not good. He is actively not good across the board when you break down the advanced stats. And on the one hand, I do like the fact that Keen has stepped up. I feel like that's been very big for this team is that he has evolved as a second threat. But the way they got manhandled by Liquid really concerns me. Because when you're playing against Lorlo and you can't hard carry a game, well, then it's a sign that teams have figured out what your overall strategy is and they've figured out how to attack you. And once people have figured that out, it's hard to go back. There are not many things that Apex can do that are going to surprise you. Shrimp isn't going to carry. Apollo isn't going to carry. Keen is a secondary guy and usually likes to be an anti-carry rather than a full carry in his own right. And when you're that predictable, it is hard to be able to pull off consistent victories against good teams. And when you look at Immortals, this is a very good team. This is a team that went out, really made a statement, and their victory over Liquid just crushed that team. The CLG loss was a silly one. Uh, you mentioned before that their pick and ban could have been a lot smarter. It feels like they underestimated their opponent in that regard. But at the end of the day, Immortals have been impressive week in and week out. There are a lot of reasons to be excited about how they go moving forward. And I just don't have that same excitement for Apex because I think Apex is too limited by how that team is built. But Walter, all of that into account, where do you think the line should be for this game? I have the line at Immortals 350. Okay, you went way too low. I went way too low. I said Immortals minus 400. The actual line is Immortals minus 1000. So there's that. 
<laughs> Whenever there's that long silence, I just know. <laughs> Okay, Team Liquid versus Envious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, we can I, move I on. Have, I have no words. I have absolutely no words. No Immortal, words. for whatever reason, Immortals gets the same treatment that TSM does. And I guess it's because they don't lose series outside of TSM. They're 15 and 5. They've looked relatively dominant in pretty much every series. I get it. I have no words. Not Plus 550 for Apex. Throwing it out there. That's that has potential right there. That's. I mean, I I'm not taking it because I think Hooney is better than Ray, and Rainover is just going to destroy Shrimp. But I mean, the numbers are high enough. If you threw ten dollars on it, I wouldn't judge you. I'll put it that way. Let's move on. Liquid versus Envious, the last game on Saturday. This is likely the closest game of the week between two teams that are worth watching. I should say. There's another game that you could argue is very close <laughs> between two teams that are not necessarily worth watching. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to in this matchup, Walter? I just love watching Dardock play. Like, I, I had to speed watch all the games to catch up because I finished moving this past weekend. Um, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch them at full speed just so I can watch Dardock. I just love watching him as a jungler. He's just fun. He's just a fun jungler to watch. And, and the same thing with Rainover, but Dardock goes that extra step to try and just be a straight-up carry. And just goes that extra mile to say, I'm going to carry the game. I'm the best player in this game. I don't care who is. I am pretty sure if you ever had Team Liquid play against Faker, uh, against SKT, Dardock would think he's better than Faker. I just love that sort of ir irrational confidence, to steal a phrase mm -hmm. from Bill Simmons. I, I just love it. And I just love seeing how he manhandles uh, you know, weaker junglers. And I think Proxim right now is a weaker jungler. And this could be the moment. I think Team Liquid is a better team than you do. I think now that they have the 80 carry situation figured out, that they're not going to go with Piglet. They're not going to make him do something he doesn't want to do and play with a situation he doesn't want to play with anymore. Now that they're going to Fabby, now that they're really honing in on what the meta is, I think that Team Liquid is going to eclipse Envy. I think they're going to become the fourth best team in North America and arguably it can happen this week, essentially. They could do it this week and they have two very strong, uh, very difficult matchups on paper against teams above them in the standings uh, in Cloud9 and Envious. Um, but there is a chance now that they move into this next tier, into this, you know, the upper tier of there's a chance they could contend for a North American championship. There is a chance that they can take some of these teams in a best of five in the postseason. And this weekend is really going to be our, our view and really going to be the litmus test for where Liquid is going to end up come postseason. Are they going to be able to take anything off of these other teams or is it just going to be sweeps in the quarterfinal rounds like I think might happen with whoever is the sixth place team? Uh, so it'll be very interesting, and it's really now they've made their decision. Their crutch, their linchpin for every bit of their success going forward is now going to be Dardock, and I just hope he can handle that amount of pressure. I, You know, I will say, I do like the way Dardock plays. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. He's a fun jungler to watch. He hasn't quite been as good as he was last split. But at the same time, he has the ability at any time to to take over a game and make some really key plays in the right situation. But one of the things I have to say is I don't want to take a step back from Envious just because they lost to TSM and they lost to Cloud9. Those are two incredibly good teams. There is a reason that the last time Envious and Liquid played, Envious got the 2-0. And it's because Envious is so much more coordinated in the early game. According to Oracle's Elixir by our good friend Tim Sevenhusen, Envious has the third best early game rating. Liquid is 49.7 in the EGR, which means that their early game puts them in a position to lose more games than win. They are also much better at dragon control. They, uh, Envious is second in the league, only behind TSM in dragon control. They are second in the league in getting first dragons. They are third in the league in baron control, this team does objectives really, really, really well. And they also control the jungle better than Liquid does right now. Not by a lot, but they've managed to use those resources and really try to stifle out enemy junglers as part of their play. That objective-focused, team-oriented style is something that 
I have yet to see Liquid do on a consistent basis. Just because Fabi is in now and he does play that more utility role doesn't mean that this team has gotten accustomed to working together on all cylinders the way that they're going to need to to beat a team that's as strong as Envious is. And honestly, the big difference to me is I don't think Lorlo can attack Seraph the way that Hauntzer did or the way that Impact and Meteos did. He's just not that kind of top laner as a general rule. And as long as Seraph is able to be the shot caller that he's been and keep putting Envious in those situations, Envious is going to put themselves in positions to succeed. Whether they close it out or not is going to be the key to the series. And it's definitely going to be a very close one in that regard because Liquid does have the tools to win some of those mid to late game fights. But I don't, I'm not ruling out Envious. I still like them in this series quite a bit. But where do you think the line is, Walter? Well, I don't think the casinos have ruled out Envious either. I have Envious at minus 185. Okay, you went too high there. I said Envious minus 140. It is Envious minus 130. That's liquid at even odds as the underdog, which means it's time for my phrase that I've been using more and more often nowadays. Stay away. There is no value here. It's not worth it. Don't do it. I know you want to. I know someone's going to say, oh, but I could parlay this and I really like. No, don't do it. Just don't do this to yourself. This is a great series. It's going to be fun to watch. Do not bet on it. Just don't do it. Uh, We should move forward. CLG versus TSM. This is a rivalry in basically name alone at this point. TSM was dominant when they met in week one. It appears that they're going to be trying to recreate that here. And everything that TSM has done has pointed to that. But at the same time, I got to ask you, Walter, as a TSM fan, what was going through your mind as they dropped a map to Echo Fox? I don't want to talk about it. I had flashbacks to IAM Katavise versus (laughs) Ever. I don't want to talk about it. Um. I, I thought the series was much closer than it should have been, uh, especially games one and two. Uh, it was really a lot of just like rotational macro mistakes on TSM's part. I feel like they were sort of caught off guard by the Cassiopeia pick. And TSM is a team that does not adapt very well post-champion select. You're able to catch them off guard with a certain champion, something they're not prepared for, something they haven't practiced again. They do struggle with it quite a bit. And I think it was a little ballsy of them to not ban the Cassiopeia, even in going into game three. Um, that being said, they they you know stretched it out. They were able to get the victory. I still think this is the best team in North America and one of the best teams West has ever really had uh, to prepare to go into Worlds, to go into the you know the the postseason uh, setup. I'm still very confident in them, even if they don't win. North America at this point, it'll be a good learning uh, experience for them. And they can't win every game. You're not going to be able to go uh, like 36-0 and to win every game in two games. Like it, it's just not possible. So getting these wins out of the way, granted Echo Fox is a little embarrassing, um, but they do have some good players and Echo Fox really played to their strengths in this series, really focused on Froggen and playing around Froggen and setting him up. Um, but going forward, I'm, I'm not all that worried. I think TSM is fine. They need to get some of these losses under their belts. Yeah, no team's perfect. They're 16-3. and three. I think they're fine. I think one map to Echo Fox doesn't change anything. I know a lot of people, we like to overreact. It's part of the, you know, the internet culture of, you know, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. You know, we got we to gotta go crazy here. So yeah, I'm not worried about TSM in the slightest. I think they're going to be just fine. And this series against Counter-Logic Gaming... We've seen how they've handled it before. I have no doubts that they're going to be able to pull that off again, especially the way that Bjergsen's playing compared to what who he has been doing recently. So, Walter, where do you put the line? I have TSM at minus 550. Okay. We split this one, which is bad for you because now I have a three-game lead with three series left. Yeah, we were actually both way off. I said minus 250. I don't, there's just something in my head. It's CLG, it's a rivalry match. You know, it's just like in the, like I was thinking in the NFL, no matter what the records are of the two teams, if the Steelers and the Ravens are playing each other, the line's closer than it should be because there's just that animosity there. 
I was wrong. It's minus 400. Smack dab in the middle. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, 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 I guess know. I guess that's fair. That's taking into account that it is a rivalry game. I don't know. I think TSM crushes them. I think just who he is is a he is detrimental that to that team right now. And against yeah. TSM, when you're playing against the best mid laner in the West, it's it, hard it's to do a, anything, man. I I don't see the upset coming in. Plus two seventy five. I'm not even remotely interested in. Let's move on. Echo Fox versus NRG. Uh, the series that only you and I will hopefully be watching. I uh, This is a series that is just not a lot to get excited about. Will, will any of us actually be watching this because isn't this going to be on the, at the same time as CLG TSM? That is correct. So that, no one will be watching. It's going to be one of those situations where it's like a thousand people and they're all accidentally there because they put in the wrong number of the LCS stream on Twitch and they just are too lazy to go back and switch it. Uh, you know, I, is there anything you're excited about in this series? Is there anything you're hoping to see? I want to see Kwasalawi again. I know they yeah, lost that game, but I want to see another Kwasalawi. He looked really good at that champion. Like well, really, really good at that champion. And Echo Fox has already shown they don't know how to play against Lawi. Yeah, well, that was the premiere of Quas doing it. Was he played it against Echo Fox and just? Oh yeah, him. we're we're onto the we're onto the repeats now. Holy crap! Yeah, we're repeats, man. It's the halfway point. Oh, yeah, of the halfway season. point, man. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, yeah, I want to see I want to see Alawi again. I want to see if uh, Echo Fox has learned what that champion does because last time they played like they had it. Um, I want to, you know, I will say this: of all the players and on this team, you know, these teams, I understand, you know, people have been saying, you know, Froggen's great. We all know Froggen's great. KFO has been doing okay, but I got to be honest, man. Santorin has been a very pleasant surprise. Santorin's been he, playing very well. Yeah, he's been playing great. I mean, the the number of steals he's gotten, just his his sense of where to be on the map and what risks are worth taking and what risks aren't. I, I just I've been very impressed by him, I and I'd love to see uh, him do more in that regard and really punish some of the mistakes that Hard's been making recently. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. He's been playing very, very well. I've been very surprised um, that he's meshed so well with that team. Uh, GBM and OQ have been inconsistent in terms of their abilities to carry or, or even survive in lane. Quas has been super inconsistent. And Kiwi Your Kid boy is, Kiwi Kid. Kiwi Kid has just been non-existent to me. I haven't seen any of those like incredible, like I'm just going to engage now plays that I'm, I'm so used to from him. And it's been very strange, uh, but it, it could also be that, you know, certain champions aren't in the meta. I'm wondering where his Annie is. I'm wondering why we haven't seen Annie support yet. Yeah. Right. I, it oh. does seem like Kiwi kid. He, he's been really focused in on that Zyra. And I know there are a lot of people that like Zyra. I, I have yet to see a Zyra that really blew me away compared I, to some of the I other think, champions. I think Zyra is just a better version of Annie because she has longer ranges with the plants. They mm -hmm. didn't remember they didn't nerf Annie's auto attack range quite a while ago. And that really sort of sputtered her, her support status. But I don't know. I it just I keep forgetting that Kiwi Kid is on this team because I'm not getting the traditional like, you know, Kiwi's gonna just flash headbutt. Oh, okay. He's like two screens away from his team, but they win a team fight. Or oh, he headbutts, that, but he dies because he didn't have ult when he did that. So <laughs> I'm I'm missing my traditional Kiwi Kid. It, it's it's not good. It's 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 weird. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, no. I mean, on the bright side, though, a lot of people were giving Kiwi Kid a hard time going into the season, saying that it was basically a crime that OQ had to play with him. And the good news is that OQ's been poor enough that they both seem to deserve each other just fine. So <laughs> at least we have that. You know, at least that's going for us. Where do you see the line of this game, Walter? I hemmed and hawed and consulted Ouija boards and Magic 8 balls and communed with the spirits of my ancestors, and I have no clue. <laughs> so I went to the board and went, okay, well, who's won a series more recently? And it's Energy. And also, I forgot they've already played each other, and Energy won that series. So uh, I have Energy minus 125. Okay. You are going to get this one. Yes! I said energy minus 170 because they played before and it's a 2-0 and I don't understand what's changed and Echo Fox is terrible. And it's a push. It's an actual push. Both of them at minus 115. 
That is, that, that, is, screw it. that is completely fair because I was about to say screw it at one point while I was picking it, and I said, no, I've got to pick a favorite. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's and, you know what? Favorite. The best part is I heard you say that in pre-call, and I had to try so hard not to laugh because I knew it was a push. And you were like, man, I have to pick a favorite. I'm like, actually, you don't. You absolutely don't. But please do. Please pick a favorite. <laughs> Unicorn um, didn't want to make anyone a favorite because they know nobody's actually going to watch or care about this game. You know, this is one of those things where I'd usually say, stay away, there's no value here. But if you were going to bet on energy versus Echo Fox anyway, there's no hope for you. Like, no offense. Like, thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Just, hey! There's a, li- there's a line to be drawn. I'm gamble on this game. That's not nice. Are you going to get... Why would you gamble on this game? Why would anyone do anything involved with this game I'm, unless I'm you gonna, run a podcast like we do? I'm going I'm to two-team teaser this with another game. I think I, I think I know what other game I'm going to tease it with, but don't worry. You, you have fun with that, man. That is living on an edge. That I, I do not want to be saying to myself that I am depending on Quas or Hard to win me a series. That's just not where I want to be. That's not a series I want to watch. That's not a gambling experience I want to have. I'm not doing it. You hey, have fun. Hey, don't forget, I'm also the guy that during the Fnatic in, uh, undefeated run with who me and Rainover gambled on a game where Giants was against them. I mean, that's fair. We also bet on Phoenix one last week, so really I'm a hit at the end of the day. Speaking uh, of Phoenix one, yeah, segues. Apex versus Phoenix one. Uh, we've talked about both of these teams already, so we can just get straight on into a line. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Apex seven fifty because I don't think Apex deserves a four digit odd. Okay, I get this one. What the? And with it, the week. Oh no! The, you ready? This is the one where I was telling you in pre-call you're not going to like this. Oh I said Apex minus 500. What? Okay. Minus 333. I... So, so thank you for the week. That takes us to 7-4 and four on the season. Oh, uh, you remember that Twitch I had? <laughs> oh, it's back! It's back! <laughs> oh, I don't... Oh, my look, God! I, it's awful! It's awful! It's awful! I, I understand they lost to Liquid. Like, I get it. But, like, they beat Echo Fox, and it wasn't that close. And it's Phoenix 1. It's Phoenix 1. This, te- this team is so bad that their coach literally said in an interview, it's okay, they're used to losing. How does that happen? How are we here? What a world. I I don't know. I have no clue. And I'm trying not to swear because I'm the one who has to edit this podcast. And I don't want to add bleeps because that takes time. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. This makes no sense to me. It's okay. I, why is Phoenix one within like and hold it's on. It's plus two twenty. Let me go yeah. back to last week. Energy was at five twenty-six. Right. I don't understand. I don't Heck. understand. I guess the reasoning is that Phoenix One took a map off of NRG. Oh, so. yeah, sure. That's, that's <laughs> a great indi- indicator of future success. Taking one game off of NRG when they threw the game. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Way to go, Unicorn. Incredibly intelligent. Look, Yikes. it's okay. We're going to move on to a, a much more fun game. Immortals versus Cloud9. This has got to be the game of the week, right? We can agree on that. Oh, I thought it was TSM versus Phoenix One. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the game of somebody's week. I just feel bad for that person. But <laughs> I mean, Immortals versus Cloud Knight is just—it's going to be such a close match. The, both of these teams have been playing at their best recently. It's been fun to watch. Walter, what do you think is the matchup that's going to define who wins this series? I think it's going to be Huni versus Impact especially if Medios keeps trying to play through Impact, play through the top lane. Um, if Impact can get to a point where he can just out-sustain and out-tank uh, whatever Huni's able to do. And can I just say, I was surprised that Impact played Aurelia. I didn't know he knew how to play Aurelia. Like, I'm still back in the old SKT days where he just played, like, tanks. Like, I was half expecting him to pull a, uh, a Mundo out at some point. Like, it was, it was refreshing to see an Aurelia. And sidebar... I am waiting. Someone's going to pick Mundo by the end of this split. I just have a feeling he's about to come back. The sneaky, sneaky suspicion that he's about to come back. But I've said that about Nocturne and, well, 
I mean, it did that one time. It just didn't end very well. Yeah, someone played Nocturne. I don't remember who. I don't remember when. I remember it was It was loss, Proxim. So. Was it Proxim? Yeah, it was our boy Proxim, whose champion pool you were complaining about earlier. Yeah. It ended horribly. Yeah. But, you know, it's there. I, I, I agree. I think this is going to be uh, certainly that top jungle synergy is going to be so huge as to how this series goes. Honestly, I want to see the Jensen Pobelter matchup. And I, I never thought I'd be saying this. But Pobelter right now leads the league in player of the game standings. And obviously, some of that is because Doublelift and Bjergsen are taking games from each other. And that's going to have an effect on things. But at the same time, Pobelter has been a significant part of a lot of these wins. He has done a very good job with this particular champion pool in putting his team in position to win the key team fights that they need to succeed. And it's it's been really fun to watch. I I don't think he will ever live up to the hype that people gave him all those years ago when he was first hitting the scene. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy, but I think he can be a guy. I think he can be a key player, especially in a series like this. And it's going to be up to Jensen to make sure that he secures that lead because otherwise you're looking at you know a wild turtle that's been known to go off and sneaky who. Hasn't quite been the same hard carry that he may have been in previous splits. But Walter, at the end of all of this, where do you see the line? I have Immortals at minus 250, and you're about to tell me something nutty, aren't you? You're, you're, too, you're too high. I said Immortals minus 220. It is Immortals minus 179. So CloudNet's getting respect. I, yeah, I actually I, appreciate it. No! No! What do you mean, no? Oh, why, why should they get respect against Immortals? They've no. only won one no. fewer game. They've won 14 games this split. The difference is that they've lost to Immortals. That was, that's the difference. They lost to Immortals. And they dropped a map to Phoenix 1. I understand. I, no, I, no. That's so disrespectful to Immortals. That's absolutely, these, man, Unicorn does it right. They wait until the last two lines to really get under my skin was just absolutely <laughs> awful lines. Guys, I love you. I'm so glad you work with us on this stuff. But man, these last couple lines in like the last four podcasts, including AU, have just been horrendous. But just awful. Just awful. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Because we have to get to our smart money bets now. Yeah, now we do. Can I interest you in a three-team teaser with Immortals over Cloud9, Apex over Phoenix1, and TSM over CLG? Because I think all three of those are locked. I, I think those happen. I think the only one that isn't a like 100% lock is Immortals versus Cloud9, but yeah, that's a pretty good lock. I like that. What is? What are our odds? That would give us plus 159. I like it. And two of those three feel like locks to me because Phoenix1 is terrible, and... TSM is playing on a level that I don't think they can, CLG can compete with. It makes it more fun for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we tried betting on underdogs last week. All of the favorites won. If the underdogs aren't willing to to play ball, we've got to find other ways to make you guys money. So that's my way of getting creative. I like it. That's smart. That's very smart. I like that. There you go. There's one. What else do we got? Can I Can I interest you in Team Liquid over Envious? Yeah, it's even odds. I mean, I, I called it a stay-away game because I just oh. don't feel like there's a lot of value there. Well, let, let's just look at the other way. Do we think Energy is going to beat CLG? No. I, I don't think CLG is good. Do we think Echo Fox is going to be, beat Envious? No. Do we think Team Liquid beats Cloud9? Maybe. That, I think, is another one of our smart money bets. But then if you say maybe to that one and we take that, yeah, I mean, that, that leaves just, you with the two I said, TSM Phoenix 1, Immortals Apex, and Echo Fox Energy. I mean... <sighs> <laughs> and at least Team Liquid has better odds than either of the teams in Echo Fox versus Energy. What if we took... I'm, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna try to spitball some, some combos here. How about this? Can we throw in... We take Liquid over Envious... And we just throw in for style points the Immortals over Apex, which makes it plus 120, I like which that. at least is some value. I like that. We do that. I'm okay. I mean, it doesn't add much, okay. but it does add something. And I think Immortals over Apex is just so clear that it doesn't actually add anything to our risk. Mm -hmm. 
Now, of course, now that we've added two and three team teasers, this is the week where upsets happen and we feel stupid about ourselves. But we're being creative this week. Our smart money bets. Liquid plus 240 over Cloud9. Take the two-team teaser with Liquid over Envious and Immortals over Apex at plus 120 for our riskier bet of the week. And then if you want to go for the full three-team teaser, three games that really should be clear-cut, Apex over Phoenix 1, Immortals over Cloud9, TSM over CLG, that is plus 159. And that is a podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoy this, you're probably going to enjoy all the other things that Slingshot Esports, our proud presenters, do on their site. There's tons of stuff on that site, including some Counter-Strike interviews that I did recently uh, and interviews all across multiple different esports scenes. So you should definitely check all of their great content out. You should check us out on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts. Or on iTunes if you search Rough Drafts under the podcast section there. You can also leave a nice little review. Those mean a lot to us and really help the algorithms out. So we appreciate when you guys do that. You should also follow us on social media. I'm at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? I am at C80s underscore LOL. Awesome. And I are going to have to depend on you to do the live tweeting over at at Rough Drafts pod this week. Because I'm going to visit my grandpa, so I likely won't be watching a lot of League of Legends, sadly enough. But it's okay. I'll catch back up, and we'll be back next week, Wednesday for the EU Guess the Lines, Thursday for the NA Guess the Lines, all on SlingshotEsports.com. Until then, goodbye, Internet.